Um, if you've noticed a little difference this morning, um, we are trying something a little different to hopefully help you guys be able to see the screens a little better during worship. Um, we are typically not going to have the lights off during the preaching part of the service, but today's a very special day in our series. We've just begun a brand new series last week on the I Am statements that Jesus made um, in uh, the New Testament. Uh, they're recorded in the book of John. Uh, John recorded these seven statements of, of God uh, that, uh, where Jesus said, I am these different things. Last week, uh, the very first statement he made early in the, in the book of John was, I am the bread of life. As you see, we have some bread down here uh, representing that week. And uh, this week, we're preaching on the next I am, which is I am the light of the world. As you see, we have light behind us on the platform. And so um, that's the reason why we're doing it in this manner this morning. Most mornings, we'll have the lights on for you to be able to take notes or so I can see if you're falling asleep or whatever it is that I need to do. Um, but uh, we thought this morning that uh, maybe just this extra visual effect might help you a little as we celebrate um, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, who is the light of the world. Uh, I'm going to open today in John chapter 1 and read a few verses um, that are going to give us some context this morning. John chapter 1, verse number 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That gives us some understanding. Now, if, if you're looking at your scriptures, uh, the, the word, word, is capitalized. Um, the context tells us that it's not just a spoken word. The Bible says that in the beginning was the word. Well, what do we know from scripture? In the beginning was God. That's all there was. God was in the beginning, and God spoke in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. So there was nothing before God. There was nothing in the beginning other than God. And then he, he goes on to define that, that God must be more than just an individual like you and I. Because he said the Word was with God. Well, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. How can God be with God? Well, a very difficult concept to explain and talk about, but it is the concept of the Trinity of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We, we mentioned this morning uh, Father's Day, and, and to be honest with you, every Sunday for me is Father's Day. It's the day I get to celebrate the fact that my father made me his child, and I get to rejoice in that. And, and I had a very different experience than Jamie. I had a tremendous father. I had a, a wonderful father, a godly father who, who directed me and guided me. And he was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but he was an example for me in life. But he was just a man. But thank God, he led me to his father. And so we talk about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, this triune unity and entity of who God is and and it's hard to understand and explain um, probably the best explanation I've ever heard for trying to visualize it is the idea of water H2O 
Water can easily be in more than one form. You can turn your tap on and you have liquid water. But if you take that liquid water and put it in a cup and set that cup in your freezer, it becomes ice. It's still water. It's still H2O. It hasn't changed anything, but its form is different. You take that same water and put it in a pot and put it on the stove and let it boil and it becomes steam. It is still H2O. It has not changed its properties at all, except it's just a different form. You have three forms of water, all water. You, you can't say that it's not water. You say it's steam. Well, that's water in a, in a different form. Okay, it's God, the Holy Spirit. God, the Son. God, the Father. All one. The Bible says, and the Word was with God. Or, excuse me, and the Word was God. So, so this Word that we haven't yet fully defined was in the beginning with God, but He was also God Himself. It's defining for us a little bit of who this Word is. The Bible says He, oh, okay, now we're defining this is a person. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. So his role in the Godhead was, one of his roles, at least as we're being seen here, is that his role was to be a creator. Everything that we see, everything that we know, everything that that exists on this plane was created by this Word, who was a person. The Bible says then that life was in him. Was in him. Okay, now we're getting even more. Everything that was created, well, the trees have life in them, don't they? So what is this life? This life must be different than creation. Must be different than the life that's in a bird or a, a deer or a, a donkey um, out at the farm. Or whatever. I mean, it's a life that's different than, than the life that's in the universe around us. But he said, life was in him. And that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, yet the darkness did not overcome it. That word probably, if you were to translate it, or if I were to translate it today, would probably be better translated as grasp. They couldn't understand it. Men didn't understand who this light was or what he was. Go down to verse 14. We're going to define a little more. Verse 14 says, The Word became flesh. Okay, now the Word moves out of a a realm of spiritual being into fleshly being, something we can see and touch and know. And He took up residence among us. We observed His glory. He came to live in our town, in our midst, with our friends. This is John writing. He's talking literally. He took up residence with us. And we observed His glory. What was that? The glory as the only, one and only Son from the Father. The only begotten Son. The same term used in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten, His one and only Son. His unique Son, His co-heir, 
birthed from the same father or from the father. And he was full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him and exclaimed, This was the one of whom I said, The one coming after me has surpassed me, because he existed before me. This, if you know the story, when Jesus walked on the earth, now John wrote all this after Jesus had died, sacrificed himself, resurrected and ascended to heaven. And what he's saying is, hey, I was a witness to this, and this is what I'm telling you who he is. This is the guy that, remember at my baptism that day when I was baptizing all those people and one came up and I said, this one over here, this one. This is the story he's talking about. He said, indeed, we have all received grace after grace from his fullness. Why does he make that statement? Because, for the law was given through Moses. Moses brought us the law of understanding. If you know anything about Scripture, you know that this, the Bible tells us that the law was brought to show us our sin. The law is given so that we can see what sin is. The law was given so that we would know what right and wrong is. So we would know what's an offense to God and what's not. How else would we know other than that? But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So now he just defined who he is. The word is Jesus. No one has ever seen God, the one and only Son, the one who is at the Father's side, has revealed him. If you want to know what God is like, you have to look at Jesus. John chapter number 8, in verse number 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never live in darkness. They will have the light that gives life. Jesus, in that very statement of I am the light of the world, I read what I read to you this morning as a, as a precursor to what we're seeing today because you and I didn't grow up Jewish. If you'd have grown up Jewish, where you studied in the synagogue, and I said those words in Hebrew, I am, you would understand the full effect of that. Jesus was declaring as in the days of Moses, when God declared to Moses, Moses is going to go to Israel and tell them that God has sent me. And he says, they're not going to believe me. How are they going to know me? He said, tell them I am has sent you. I am is the Old Testament name of Almighty God who was and is and ever will be. Jesus is clearly declaring to this crowd of people that are listening to him, I'm God and I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never live in darkness. They will have the light that gives life. So I want to look at just a few things this morning out of this verse and see specifically some applications for us. What is Jesus saying to us today? 
What is he saying to them? What is he saying to, to anyone that reads this and understands? And what difference does it make to us today? The first thing Jesus said was, I'm the light of the world. It's interesting to me that, that he uses that because the world around us is in spiritual darkness. It's a spiritually dark world. It's not that, that there's no sunlight, there's no moonlight, there's no starlight. It's not that, that, that the world around us is blind, physically blind and can't see in darkness. When he says, I am the light of the world, what does he mean? I mean, because there's a sun, there's a moon, there's stars, there's reflectors. What is he saying? He's saying, I am the revealer to you. I am the light to you of who God is. Very last part of what we talked about in John chapter 1, in that last verse that I read to you, says... No one has ever seen God. The one and only Son, the one who is at the Father's side, has revealed Him. He is the light of revelation to all of us, to all the world of who God is. The world is in spiritual darkness. It's the result of sin. It's the result of the sin nature that each one of us possess. Every human being has because of Adam's willful sin and the passing down to all humanity. Mankind cannot come to spiritual enlightenment on its own. God has to be revealed to us. We're not just going to suddenly one day sit up and say, you know, I think I'm going to believe in God today. We've talked about it so many times before. We are, the Bible says we're dead in our, in our sins. A dead man cannot come to life on his own. Life must be brought in another way. And that's the revelation that Jesus is making to the world around. Light must be provided for the darkened mind and heart. And it must be shown before us. Paul, talking to the early church at Ephesus, uh, reminded them of where they once had been. I think this is a good reminder for all of us. Whether you've been saved for 60 years or 6 years or 6 months or 6 minutes. In fact, I think maybe it would be good if all of us could live in that first 5 or 6 minutes, that first 5 or 6 weeks of when we were born again. If we could live in that moment in our hearts and our minds. Paul said this to the church at Ephesus. Therefore I say this and testify in the Lord. You, are no long, you should no longer walk as the Gentiles walk. Again, terminology in the New Testament. When he talks about the Gentiles, he's not talking about the specific race. That is a comparison to those that are lost. Those that are separated from God. The Jews were God's called people in the Old Testament. They were the ones that God made a covenant with. That God called to Himself, to His own. He said, you're my children. If you'll be, when He set them free from, from Israel, I mean from Egypt, and he, and he sent them on the way to the promised land, what was His covenant with them? I'll be your God and you'll be my people. What was His covenant with Abraham? You follow me, I'll be your God, you will be my people and all your descendants after you. 
So what, what he's saying is that the Gentiles are separated from that. They're still in the futility of their thoughts. They're still reasoning from an old mind. They are darkened in their understanding. Excluded from the life of God. This is how you know. He's not picking on a race of people. Because I think other than, I don't know, Ted, are you actually Jewish by birth? Do you have Jewish heritage in you? No, okay. I wasn't sure. I know Ted, Ted, Ted was around uh, a lot of Judaism early in his, in his life. But, but I didn't know, you know, I don't know of anybody in this room that is Jewish by birth. And we might have a few people that have a little bit in you far enough down the line. I guess if we all go back, we got a little bit of Jewish in us far enough down the line if all of us go back. But, but here's the thing. He's not picking on a race of people. He's separating out those that are gods and those that are not. And he says that these who are Gentiles are darkened in their understanding. They've not been enlightened. They're excluded from the life of God. Why? Because of the ignorance that is in them. You're not saying they're stupid. They're unlearned. They don't know. And because of the hardness of their hearts, the effect of sin. Listen. You need to understand that he said you should no longer walk as Gentiles. What is he saying? You, you used to be that way, but you're not anymore. See, Jesus came to be a light to a world that was and still continues to live in darkness. John 1 declared for us that Jesus came to be the light that was going to reveal to the world how to find God, who God is, what is God like. And yet, that world could not comprehend. They couldn't grasp. And still today, this world does not recognize Him in the general sense as the revealer of who God is. The real revealer of what God is looking for. Jesus is declaring to a blind world that they must look to Him if they have any hope of understanding who God is and what He desires of mankind. Jesus said, I am. Now, let me just tell you something. I want you to get a hold of this for just a minute. Because you either believe that or you don't. You can go to church all day long. You can, you can be religious to the hilt. But the definer and the separator of men in the world is you believe that Jesus is God or you don't believe that Jesus is God. As a matter of fact, I will even go a little step further. If you don't, if you're not sure if Jesus is God, what you have to do is you have to write him off as either a lunatic or somebody to run from with all your might because he is doing everything he can to deceive you. Because he is either God or he's not. And he said he was. The problem with us, with the, with the world around us, the, the men and women that we encounter that have not been enlightened in their mind by God, is seen in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The, the Bible says that the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The problem is that their minds have been 
darkened. Their minds have been blocked. The, the God of this age, Satan himself, is blinding people to the truth of who Jesus is. I, we could have probably stopped today with Mark's statement earlier. Uh, that was probably the best message we've heard in, in six months here. When he said, maybe we're not seeing so much of our neighbors come to God because we're not taking our neighbors before God. What a great statement. They're not, how are they going to get there if God doesn't open their heart? How are they, how's that going to happen if, if, if we don't call out to God? Paul's mission from Jesus, his view of his mission was this. He said, I, Jesus said, I now send you to them to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. That by faith in me, they may receive forgiveness of sins and share among those who are sanctified. That is what Paul viewed his call from Jesus Christ himself was. I'm sending you out to be a light to the world. For those who continue to dismiss Jesus as God, the great I am, they have no other hope of light shining into their lives. For those that reject that, they have no hope. Listen to what Jesus said about this idea of light and darkness. He said, the eye is the lamp of the body. In other words, this is how we see. And if the eye is good, think about good in the sense of God, holy, righteous, perfect. Your whole body will be full of light. If you're seeing correctly, you'll have light coming in. But if your eye is bad, think of bad as being unholy, unrighteous, unsaved. Your whole body will be full of darkness. So, if the light that is in you, what you think is light, is darkness, how deep is that darkness? How many people do you and I know that believe they understand how to get to God and they are so blinded by the enemy, so misguided by their own thoughts, by their own mind, by their own sin nature, that what they are seeing and they are thinking is light is nothing but darkness. And how deceptive and deceiving that is because if you think darkness is light, you're just going to continue to follow that path into greater darkness. So, the first thing Jesus is declaring, he's declaring to a world that is in darkness, a world that is in sin and separation from God. And here's what he's saying. I will light you. I will light the way for you to God. I'm the only one who can. I'm the light of the world. I'm the revealer of who God is. Second thing he said is, whoever follows me, will never live in darkness. What a great statement. What hope, what encouragement for those of us that are believers. Whoever follows me will never live in darkness. Ephesians 5.8 says, for, to, to, to the church at Ephesus, but the scripture says, For you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. I love that passage because it doesn't say you were once in darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Sit back and believe and have faith. 
No. He said, now that you are light in the Lord, now that you have received, walk. Do something. The term walk in the New Testament talks about the manner of way we live our lives, the way we go about our day to day, the way we carry ourselves, what we say, what we think, what we do. Jesus doesn't talk about light and belief, but rather light and actions. He says that when we've been born again and our darkness has been enlightened, that we can live in that light. But notice how he says that happens. He says, we must follow him. Whoever follows me. He didn't say whoever's born again will not live in darkness. I know a lot of folks that are born again that are still walking in darkness. There were periods of time in my own life as a born again believer who I walked around in the darkness of my own sinful nature and character. Just circling, like the children of Israel, just circling that same path over and over. Because I wasn't following Jesus. I'm not talking about losing your identity in Christ. I'm not talking about losing your salvation. That's not possible. To lose your relationship. But what Jesus is telling each and every one of us is this. If you want to clearly see how to navigate through this life, and all of its complexities and hardships, you must follow my directions. It's the only way. Why? Because He's the only one that knows the path. He's the only one that knows the end from the beginning. He's the only one that knows what's going to happen tomorrow. I was listening this week. I don't have time for this, but I'm going to. Um, I was listening this week to a, to a conversation um, and, and it was a TV show about um, genealogies. And, and, but, but what was said was that the, the, the commentator was talking to the person and he, and he was talking about a, a, a strange anomaly in his family tree. This person who was, who was of this um, ethnicity and, and this religious belief had somehow been placed... Um, into uh, an opportunity. He made a choice. It was, it was Jews back during the day of Germany and, and the war. And one member of a family left and migrated to America, immigrated to America. The rest of the family, I'm talking aunts, uncles, children, I mean, the whole family stayed in Germany. And that one choice made the difference because it was this guy's grandfather that he was talking to. That one choice. Now, this was a lost man who was talking, having this conversation. Two lost men having this conversation. And here's what the one man said. He said, amazing how one decision by one man so long ago made the difference in my life of me being here and not being here. Listen, you and I can't make decisions for today thinking we know what tomorrow holds. We must trust and follow the one who does. When you begin to follow your own leading or some other God in your life, you begin to walk in darkness and you begin to stumble through your own power and your own light, which we just saw a minute ago is darkness. One of the ways that we fall into that trap is in the company we keep. 
Not just the company, the people we hang out with, but the company we keep, what we listen to, what we see. We, we keep more company now with, with television and video and movies and music than we do interpersonally. Most every one of us. We're more impacted by what we hear and see from outside sources than we are the people we know. So I want you to think about company in that sense. Well, let me just remind you of some things that Scripture says. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Do not be mismatched with unbelievers. For what partnership is there between righteousness and lawlessness? Let's not, for, just, let's not forget that an unbeliever walks in lawlessness. No matter how much you like them or care about them. What fellowship does light have with darkness? Fellowship is even closer than just partnership. It is, it is intimate. What agreement, what covenant does Christ have with Belial or Baal? What does a believer now what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What are you taking into your life? Is it information? Is it confirmation? Is it fellowship with believers and things of the Word of God and things of God? Or is it the garbage that's going on all around us? What you take in will impact the way you think. 1 Thessalonians 5, 5, Paul told the church at Thessalonica, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. You do not belong to the night or the darkness. So the second thing Jesus tells us is directed to those who belong to him. It's a dramatic promise that each of us should hunger for, seek after with all of our heart and all of our mind. It's this. If you follow the directions that I've laid out for you, you will never walk in darkness. He didn't say it wouldn't be difficult. Didn't, wouldn't say that, that you wouldn't have to have faith. He just said you won't be in the dark. You'll be able to see. Lastly today, he makes this statement. They, who is they? Those who are born again, those who don't live in darkness, will have the light of life. He's not talking about the light of salvation. He can't be. They're already born again, right? So what, what is he saying? He's saying that you've been given a light that lives in you that will be a light that leads to life. Well, you already have life. So who doesn't have life around you? How are you going to use the light that God has placed in you to be a light of life? 1 Peter 2.9 says that you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession. All those are Old Testament thoughts and minds that, that in that day would have just grasped those people. I hope it grasped you to realize that you've been chosen, that you are royal in your, your uh, priesthood. You are a holy nation separated and set apart as a possession. Why? So that you may proclaim the praises of of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Why were you saved? So that you could sing the praises of an almighty God that took you from darkness to light so that others would know how to do that. 
How do I know that that's what this means? Because of Matthew chapter 5 and Jesus himself who said, you are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. You can't hide a city sitting up on a hill. He goes on to talk about light. No one who lights a lamp and puts it and puts it under a basket, or rather on a lamp, but rather on a lampstand, and gives it light for all who are in the house. You're not going to take a candle in a darkened room, light it, and then cover it so nobody can see. Instead, you're going to take it and set it up high so that all can see. Do you understand? That's what we are. We're, we're a light that's supposed to be set on a lampstand for all to see. The light of the world. He said, in the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works, your walks, your actions, your life, and do what? Give glory to God, your Father in heaven. Not, not so they can say, man, you know, you're a really good guy. You know, that, that Charles, he'd do anything for anybody. Well, Why? Because he belongs to God the Father. And he's just showing out the light that's been put in him. Three things that we've learned from this passage today. Number one, Jesus is the one who shines light into our world. He reveals who God is and what God is like. He focuses his light into our darkness and shows us our need for God and how we can receive Him into our lives. I, listen, I think that doesn't just include the lost, but I think He continues to show dark light into our darkness, doesn't He? To reveal things to us that need to be moved away. Second thing we saw today was that those who received Him into their life by accepting the truth that He is God can live in this life today enlightened by God's perspective of life. Is there a time that you've ever been alive that you needed the perspective of God more than you do today? You look around. There's so much I would love to say about what the church is falling into. The, the, the foolishness of the entrapment of paying attention to this life in this world. But I don't have time for it. Listen, we don't have to stumble through life without direction. But we must follow His teaching and His direction. But the choice belongs to you. The last thing we learned, that those who are His disciples of Jesus, those who have been born again by the Spirit of God, that have the light of God living in them, this light's not just for you to help yourself but it's to be shown into the lives of others so that they may see Jesus for who He is and trust in Him for eternal life. So the question today is really simple. One, has the light of Christ been shown into your life? What do you believe about Jesus? If you put your faith in Him and you believe that He's God, you've been born again by the Spirit of God and light lives in you. If not, I encourage you to do that because that is the only way that you can understand God and be enlightened into who He is. It is in Jesus and Jesus alone. 
Secondly, if, as those in this room I know, have been born again by the Spirit of God, what are you doing with your light? Are you following Him so that you don't have to walk in darkness? And are you sharing it with others so that they don't have to walk in darkness? My prayer is that we will walk in the light and display it for all to see. Let's pray.